Hello, sick and seeking listeners. I know it's been a while. I've been humming and hawing over how to close out my first season. And if you don't know this about me, let me tell you that I'm the queen of overcomplicating things, hence the delay. I wanted to do this big storytelling moment where I told you my chronic illness story and what it's like living in my body. But honestly, it all felt a bit too much. (laughs) Behind the scenes, I've been working on completing a couple of certifications, more on that later, so that I can gather women in connection and movement. Plus, I have upped my physical activity, which for the first two weeks was quite an uncomfortable adjustment. Anyway, I'm saving my personal story for Sick and Seeking Season 2, which will come back in late September. I've decided to keep this episode simple and first do a bit of a reflection on Season 1 before I chat about what's coming next for me and the Sick and Seeking podcast. Honestly, I had no idea what this podcast was going to be, and I'm still figuring it out as I go. All I know is that I felt called to be in conversation with others on the topic of sickness and healing, and that's been my North Star. I see this endeavor not only as a gift to others in the world who may find the conversations and information supportive, but an important gift to myself as I know it's part of my own personal healing journey. It's been super awesome and inspiring that at the time of this recording, I'm almost at 1,100 downloads. Thank you so much for listening, whoever you all are. I do take this number with a grain of salt since I too have to listen to each episode. Fun fact, when I listen to the episode post-editing, it's seriously like listening to a whole new conversation. I suspect I can account for at least 30 of the downloads. Nonetheless, I'm um, I'm humbled and honored that you are here. Thank you so much for listening and for your support. So let's first do a brief look back at season one before I chat about some cool things I have in the works. So episode one, Jessica Gillespie on living with rheumatoid arthritis and how therapy can support people who want to find their way back to connection. Some of the great topics we explored were the need for tough moments on your medical journey to be addressed, witnessed, or soothed, and how therapists can be a big support in these moments. The struggle with not being present in your body, the intolerance with being in your body, the risks of disconnection, and also the power of connection. Uh, Another topic was how resting and relaxation can feel like a rebellion against what greater society says is acceptable. Well, what did I love about this conversation? It was with my bestie. What a way to kick off a podcast, right? It wasn't supposed to be, Jessica, actually, um, but I love how there's a greater plan at play sometimes and things just work out as maybe you weren't expecting. Uh, This was my also trying to figure out this podcast thing, so I suspect it feels uh, and sounds different uh, (laughs) from other episodes, and it was fun to reminisce and recall things I had actually forgotten. Um, And also that therapy was a big takeaway from this conversation. Uh, Jessica herself is a therapist, but, you know, having that supportive person or network around you for those dark moments when you're managing a medical diagnosis could not be understated how important that is. Um, I'm actually considering asking Jessica to interview me for season two. So watch this space. But P.S. She has no idea about that. Episode two was with Karen Roundtree and her holistic approach to supporting people on their healing journey. 
We talked about Karen's health scare with toxic shock syndrome, say that five times fast, and how she had her own human awakening that brought her to a path of thinking more deeply about her menstrual cycle and her internal body rhythms. We talked about connecting with the unseen parts of ourselves and coming back to our bodies and also opening up to our soul's power and all the wisdom and beauty it holds and how moving aside what may be stuck in our heads may be helpful for us to continue uh, towards our journey to healing. I love that she also talked about rituals and how we can make tangible and allow that pardon. I love that she talked about how rituals can make tangible and allow us to act out something that we hope to bring into being. Oh, what did I love about this conversation? Well, I love this human. She has a huge heart. She's intuitive. She's gifted with a sixth sense and knowing. I love how Karen is connected to the beauty of this world and also the beyond world. And she uses her both like human and what feels like superhuman gifts and talents to support people through, you know, her therapeutic work, through her mystical work. And she's just a magical woman. Um, I did a beautiful reading with her that I shared in the episode. And, um, you know, she's just a cool lady. You should check her out <laughs> and check out the episode. Um, my next episode was Rimandoshi's story of living with inflammatory breast cancer and how women can empower themselves in medical settings to advocate and get what they want and need. Some of the topics we explored was the importance of noting anything abnormal or strange happening in your body and actually taking the time to look into it. I get it. Life is busy. This is your body here. So I love that we talked about that in this conversation. Uh, Rima also kept hitting home the importance of how we can empower ourselves in medical settings and become an advocate to get what we want and need. We also talked about those small breadcrumbs of knowledge and random people that seem to come across your path when you're on this sort of medical diagnosis journey. And in hindsight, how impactful those small moments or pieces of information can be. Um, I also love that we talked about the realization that you're not broken and nothing is wrong with you when you need to rest, especially when you're going through something like cancer treatment. I also love that we talked about how you can support someone when they're going through treatment or just a really different time, difficult time and how this can be um, different for everyone and how the most powerful tool in breast cancer treatment and survival is early diagnosis. What I loved about this conversation, yes, she is another human I love. Yes, I did invite people on my podcast who I know well because you know what? It's scary podcasting and doing something new. So I wanted to be putting myself in a situation where I was in like safe hands of people that I knew when I was in conversation with them. Remind me to step out of my comfort zone on season two, which I am going to do. I always learn a lot from Rima when she speaks about her cancer diagnosis and treatment. Her story is also a great reminder that we must advocate for ourselves hard and be the annoying, inquisitive, and direct patient. Um, I'm always just you know, in awe of Rima's brilliance and patience, she always takes time to really get to the heart of something, get to know it really, really well and deeply. And then she's actually able to share that knowledge and information so beautifully as well. And so if you haven't listened to her episode, highly recommend as I am recommending all the episodes. <laughs> Episode four, The Body Holds Many Messages for Us, Lizzie Redman on Living with Chronic Pain. Some of the topics that we explored were how we are all going to undergo changes in our bodies, and it can be deeply challenging, but it can also bring gifts. 
you know, Lizzie talked about the connection between our brain and what shows up in our bodies, especially in relation to pain. Also, the time and emotional labor to manage an illness. Oh my goddess. Yeah, seriously. Uh, the potential pitfalls of putting ex excess, wow, this is a hard one to say out loud. The potential pitfalls of putting excess pressure, that's like five Ps in a row, on yourself and showing up with an intensity connected to your medical condition and desired outcome and how curiosity can serve as a gentler approach. Um, the expectation many people hold that our body needs to function perfectly and it's our tool to use. Hi, raising my hand, that's me. Um, the healing process is a deeply personal journey and your relationship with yourself and your body on this journey is up to you. And what I loved about this conversation, Lizzie shows up with such a wisdom and knowing. She also has a very calming presence about herself, a very calming and present presence. And I really appreciate that about her. She's never in a rush. There's a beautiful sort of just like patience and wisdom and I also appreciate that she's done a lot of deep work on herself and also to attain the knowledge about, you know, her body and different sort of treatments and modalities, whether that be somatic treatments or different treatments connected to, you know, pain management. And I'm just so grateful for her because now all this knowledge that she has, you know, gained over time is serving a larger audience of people who can learn from her and her journey and be inspired by her story. So, Lizzie. Love, love, love. Dear Lizzie. Next episode, episode five, Julia LaFrancois on ableism, crip kinship, body neutrality, disability justice, and living with fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis. Some of the great topics that were explored in this conversation were how fibromyalgia is hard to diagnose and it's often invalidated by the medical community. Finding our own way with both conventional and holistic therapies and trying different things to support oneself on our journey with our bodies. How the feelings of self-loathing, shame, and anger can surface when attempting to be intuitive about one's body and health. Yeah, I know. We talk about, you know, follow your intuition all the time on this podcast, but you know what? It's not always easy. Uh, we also discuss the idea of body neutrality versus body positivity disability awareness versus disability justice, the CRIP community and their refusal to conform to society's unrealistic standards, showing up in one's body as it needs to be rather than conforming to societal expectations, the concept of ableism and how our world is set up for people who don't have medical conditions. What I loved about this conversation, this woman is a change maker who strives for social and disability justice through her research and activism. I learned a lot from Julia in this conversation, particularly about body neutrality, which was a concept I hadn't heard of, but it really makes so much sense. Uh, if these terms and concepts are foreign to you, that is a cue to take a listen to this episode at that's what it's there for. Plus, she's pretty much my sister. I dearly love her. I think she's very special. And I'm so proud of her and what she's putting out into the world and the research she's doing. So I'm mean, just saying there's that as well. Episode six, Sally Wolf on dancing through cancer and using positive psychology to thrive amidst life's challenges. Some of the topics that we explored in this conversation were how dance has been a significant part of Sally's healing journey 
identifying tools that enable us to flourish in life and how building that foundation of self-awareness can support us in challenging moments, exploring a changing body during cancer treatment, listening to and acting on intuition. There it is again. When something is off in the body, there it is again, even if specialists and doctors aren't concerned. Choosing to seek and see the light in life, even when living with stage four cancer. My goodness. Yeah. Sally's story is powerful. Also, Sally does so much work in supporting others, um, you know, through what they're going through. And um, I love that she shared that sometimes you can only share your story once a certain level of processing is complete. And I thought that was a really profound insight I had never thought of. Oh, what did I love about this conversation? Well, I love that Sally and I have bonded over a shared appreciation for the healing power of movement. Sally is an inspiration in how she finds deep meaning in life's difficult moments. She's a fantastic storyteller and speaker, so much so that I'm hanging on the every next word that is coming in the story that she's saying. It was Sally uh, who you know, has really shown that through it all and through everything that she's gone through, she still finds joy in life and she radiates it out to the people around her. Um, you know, when I think of sunshine, rainbows and sparkles, I think of Sally and that's why I adore Sally. Episode seven, naturopath Deborah Lee educates us on the toxins in our daily lives, what they are and why we want to avoid them. Some of the topics we explored were, you know, what is a naturopath? So we talked about what that was. Uh, we talked about one of the causes for chronic illness relapse in our bodies is due to the environmental toxins lurking in the over 500 chemicals we are exposed to daily. Commercial scents and air fresheners are not regulated and there can be unlisted ingredients in these products. The different organs in our bodies and what they do to help the body rid of toxic substances environmental chemicals and toxins and how they may negatively affect your body, awareness and avoidance of different sort of products and different sort of um, compounds in our environment that you can actually look for uh, in your foods or in products that you're using. So what did I love about this conversation? Well, Deborah is a teacher at heart and she thrives on educating and coaching people to make better choices for themselves. And you Know that right away when you start listening to her talk about this topic. She delivers information in a non-judgmental, take-it-or-leave-it way. And she has a wealth of information about the body and natural alternatives to products that we use daily. And this, the second most listened to episode. Uh, so this is obviously a really, really um, powerful, important you know, topic that listeners want to hear you know, more about. So don't you worry. Deborah's coming back. She wanted to come back. We're having her back. Um, so yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed that um, that episode, which why am I saying that? I know you did because so many of you listened to it. <laughs> and the next episode was episode eight, the story of Cecil, the grapefruit-sized dermoid cyst inside of Abby. Not going to lie, I think a few of you were afraid to listen to this episode, but really it's sort of just to me, a really good reminder that like life happens. So for instance, we talked about dermoid cysts, what they are and why they can be pretty weird. Um, she talked about ovarian torsion and what that means and the risk to your organ if this happens. Um, also, we talked about using humor to get through tough moments. We definitely had a giggle or two. I mean, Abby named her cyst. Like it was Cecil. And Cecil had some amazing parts of himself, which you should really listen to the episode because it's kind of amazing. 
I don't want you to be freaked out, but it, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, we also discussed medical insurance, how, how it can be confusing. We talked about depression and anxiety and how these and other uh, mental health struggles can make it difficult to function. And Abby, you know, talked about small, simple goals that she had in mind that kept her motivated after all these different body, tough mo moments in her body. So what did I love about this conversation? Well, I like to call her Dr. Abby. Uh, we both call her Dr. Abby because she has such a like ferocious curiosity about her body, its functions, and especially anything that, you know, is coming up in like a diagnosis or like in a medical setting. And she goes and she seeks out information. I really appreciate that about her, um, that she's very curious and she, she wants to know as much as she can. Um, and I love that no matter what happens and things do continue to happen to Abby. We were just texting the other day about some new unexpected ailments. Bless Abby and my body. Um, but what? Why, why am I mentioning that? I love that I have a connection and a friendship where we can support one another during these tough moments. And we can do it with such humor. How could I not adore, adore a person who, given the circumstances, was able to find humor in this? And it's a quite a terrifying situation. I mean, she named her dermoid cyst for goodness sake. So if you haven't listened, I highly recommend you check out that episode. Episode nine, chronic illness coach and advocate Alyssa Trulove shares her story of living with endometriosis and fibromyalgia. Some of the things we talked about were Alyssa's diagnosis story and the shocking news that she received at 19 years old that she has endometriosis. The importance of understanding what you're feeling in your body and how that's valid, even if your illness is invisible and others can't see it. How one in 10 people with a uterus will be diagnosed with endometriosis. How doctor's appointments can lead to stress and anxiety pre and post appointment and tips on how best to prepare for these appointments. The dark and tough moments Alyssa has to move through and how she manages these moments. Um, and she talks about what she calls her flare box. So if you don't know what that is, you should definitely listen. What did I love about this conversation? Well, Alyssa's an open book about her life and what it's like living with and managing her health conditions. And I especially love how she's a fierce advocate, not only for herself, but for others. And this comes across in not only the episode, but also the work she's doing in her chronically ill society. I'm so grateful that there are beautiful people like Alyssa putting her story out there in the world so she can be a support for other spoonies. And if you don't know what a spoonie is, then listen to the episode. Uh, I, every time I see her on social media, she is just putting herself out there again and again and again to validate people to let them know there's nothing wrong with you like you're it's okay that you're going through the hard moments and she is such a fabulous coach so if you were looking for a chronic illness coach you should definitely go and work with Alyssa episode 10 how faith and prayer can get you through the darkest moments Nicole Moyer shared her story of living with cystic fibrosis type 1 diabetes Hashimoto's disease, cervical cancer, chronic kidney stones, and cervical cancer. Some of the topics that we explored in this conversation were the question of how much do we honor what our body is telling us and stay in bed versus override the messages and force ourselves to get on with our day. Wow, finding that balance. I'm still figuring that out. Uh, we talked about invisible illness and how people would never know about these many, many health conditions that Nikki has been managing. Uh, we talk about cystic fibrosis, what it is, how it impacts the body, and how there is this miracle drug trif trifecta. Did I write this correctly? 
Trikafta, I got it. Trikafta was released in 29, and this significantly helped improve Nikki's lung function. We talked about generally the life expectancy of people diagnosed with cystic fibrosis and what that meant from, for Nikki from a very young age. Um, she also talked about her fear and trauma connected to hospitals. I thought that was a really powerful moment. And especially, especially powerful was her stories around how prayer and Jesus has been such a powerful and supportive force in her darkest moments. What I love about her and this conversation is that no matter what Nikki has been through or whatever she's managing, she perseveres with a you can't stop me attitude. And she does it with humor too, just like Abby. Like when we were prepping for this podcast episode, I had to remind Nikki of the ones or the ailments, conditions, whatever you want to call. I had to remind her of like one or two that she had forgotten. And then we had to laugh about it because it's so ridiculous. Like, how could you not laugh that she has all these things going on in her body and she just keeps going. And I know why. It's because Nikki has such an inner light and this light will not be extinguished. She shines brightly to those around her. She is a beacon. She's a source of inspiration. And she shares how her deep faith has helped her move some of the through some of the toughest times. And she reminds us that the power of faith and prayer can work miracles. And that is why I loved this conversation. Episode 11 is with shamanic practitioner Amy Dempster, and she shares the healing power of nature. Some of the topics that we explored were how nature communicates with us telepathically. Yep, I said that. And we all have the ability to communicate and receive information beyond the five senses. Yes. <laughs> we also talked about frequency and vibration, what it is and how it can impact you. We talked about why being outside in nature feels so great. We talked about building trust with your intuition. There's that, wor that word again, and also your inner knowing and, and ways you can do that. Uh, we talked about how we all have ancestors that were intimately connected to the land, but for many of us, we've sort of lost or forgotten this connection and we're doing a disservice to ourselves and our ancestors. Um, and we talk about that in the episode and why. And mostly the number one reason is because we are all a part of nature. We are nature. Um, so uh, the last topic we talked about was humans, psychoactive plants, and fungi, and how they've worked together for thousands of years. So what did I love about this conversation? Well, mostly that I could introduce, you know, Amy to my listeners, uh, because this person really helped me get through a very tough time. Amy was the person who helped me see that nature and the land was always calling to me and really to all of us. She was the one who inspired me to get out into nature and to remind me that we have a relationship. Like the plants are waiting for us. They love us. And the reason is because, well, I don't want to go down that hole. I was just going to go on this rant. It's like, I don't know. What I, I was like, at this point, just listen to the episode. <laughs> I also love that she can break down complicated scientific concepts and make them accessible to everyone. And I do love that she's a champion for our intuition and for the natural world, natural world, pardon me, both of which I wish people would tap into more often. All right, home stretch, episode 12, The Body is a Realm of Wild Discovery. Erin Pace shares how unstructured movement can reestablish trust in the body. This was part one of two conversations with Erin. Some of the things we explored in this conversation were how entering the body is a realm of wild discovery. And taking the time to become present with sensation and emotion leads to an experience of aliveness. 
and how living with chronic illness can lead to body distrust and disconnection and how a simple conscious breath can serve the body so much and so deeply. We also talked about exploring the reattunement to the feminine essence as much as the masculine in one's body and becoming the observer versus the judge and visiting with your body through organic movement and sitting with curiosity on what is present. And then part two was episode 13, honoring emotion as the sacred informer. Aaron Pace shares how unstructured movement can help escort emotion out of our bodies. We talked about honoring the depth of emotion women hold in their bodies and embracing the experience of emotion in the body. We talked about how feeling emotions requires a commitment to connection to yourself and embracing what is happening within you. We talked about how emotion is held in the body until we escort it away, how often we desensitize as a way of survival and how our sensitivity in our bodies is a genius, not to mention our birthright, as Michaela Bohm would say, and being with the intelligence of the body and what may show up when you check in and visit. So um, also, and I know this from a personal standpoint, we talked about when women awaken to the aliveness and wholeness in their bodies, there may be another quest inside of them to connect to their eroticism. So what did I love about these conversations? Like, I, I just can't pick one, two, or three, or four things. These conversations really blew my mind. As you might have heard in the conversations, this whole topic, this person, this woman, all of this is just something I'm so deeply curious and passionate about. I mean, but what I will say is I had no idea the amount of knowledge and deep understanding Aaron has amassed over the years while witnessing women move. I, I just had no idea. Um, what I also love, though, if I had to narrow it down, is that um, Aaron is such a source of inspiration. And I know that this really wasn't in the conversation, but to be honest, I can only hope to have the honor of becoming one of her students in a teacher training setting one day so I can share her wisdom and support women in reconnecting back to their bodies. I mean, that's really what I loved about these conversations. They served as so much um, intel, information, and just inspiration for me because embodied sensual movement is a deep passion of mind because I know firsthand in my body, mind, and soul how supportive and healing it can be. And I'm just so grateful to have Erin in my life as a teacher, mentor, and friend. So, phew, are you still with me? It's been quite a season, and I thank you again for listening and encourage you to go back and check out any episodes you might have missed. Again, I'm going to be away for a few months, so if you miss me, I mean, that could be a great option to go listen to the ones you didn't listen to. So before I talk about what's to come, I did spend some time writing down my top 12 lessons learned on living with chronic illness for over two decades. So I did do a little work sort of digging around and exploring sort of, you know, my journey. And I wanted to share a few of them with you now, a few of my lessons, so um, that they can be a source of support and inspiration for you. So I, I am sharing a little bit about myself after all. So one of the things I wanted to share about one of my biggest lessons, you know, through doing this podcast and just from my own personal journey is knowing that I am my, I am my body's expert. So I'm reminded time and again that I know my body better than anyone else. This includes the doctors, the specialists, my partner, my family, 
or any friends or anyone else for that matter, it's important that I both validate and act on my gut feelings and intuition. There it is again, when it comes to, you know, my body and my medical decisions, period. P.S. One of the ways to really tap into those gut feelings and intuition is through the nonlinear, organic, unstructured movement. But, you know, more on that later. So my second lesson is be my own advocate. No one is going to fight for my body and my needs better than I am. So I am the annoying and demanding patient who questions my doctor's logic, their particular method of treatment. I ask for clarification on my diagnosis. And I also prepare for a doctor's appointment like it's a professional meeting. I bring my medical notebook. I review my notes from my last appointment. I prepare to take new notes. I think through how I've been feeling. I note down the medications. You know, am I having a reaction? Do I think that something's weird? Do I need a refill? Um, I also just remind myself that doctors are human and fallible and they have bad and off days. So it's important I'm current with what's going on in my body and I'm ready to speak up and advocate for my needs. Yes, it can feel like a lot of work and often I feel annoyed, angry, resentful, exhausted. I put up a lot of resistance to doing this, (laughs) but I know at the end of the day, this is important. This is my body and no one else is going to take care of me and my body better than myself. So the third lesson that um, I've learned on this journey of you know living with chronic illness is that reflect on what's in my control and out of my control. So living with a chronic illness has many challenges. And the one I personally struggle with the most is the fear of not knowing what lies ahead for my body and how this is going to impact my life and my quality of life. It's a heavy burden. I carry it every day, and that's why it's important I remind myself of the things I can control and the things I can't control. I think I said can. I might have slipped up. The things I can control, the things I can't control. Things that are in my control include boundaries, thoughts and actions, how I speak myself, the goals I set, how I handle challenges, and what I give my energy to. I am in control of choosing daily actions that support me physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And for that matter, I have a bring it back to the basics list that I use as my North Star to find my way back to what's important when times get tough. So this is my list and you should create your own simple list too for when you hit a tough moment and need to reset. So my list, restful sleep, more water, more veggies, slow it all down, do less, take time for things that give me pleasure and joy, connect with my spiritual side, sit with my thoughts, get off all the screens and out into nature, meet up with friends or family and move my body. So I actually have eight more lessons and I would love for you to check them out. They are on my website. All you have to do is go to sickandseeking.com, scroll down, sign up for my newsletter and bam, you can download it right away. Um, So lastly, what is to come? So firstly, season two of the Sick and Seeking podcast will launch in September in case you missed that. So going to take a little hiatus. Secondly, I've been working on completing two certifications that were created by an incredible woman named Michaela Blum. The first one is called the Wild Women's Way, and the second is called the Nonlinear Movement Method. Once I am certified in both of these modalities, I will be offering online classes and eventually in 
in-person experiences as well. So I'll be offering women's circles and unstructured organic movement classes, and they're called nonlinear movement method. Eventually, I will be inviting women who join me in circle and in these movement classes to transformational wellness retreats near and far. I'm passionate about helping women slow down, enliven their senses, and connect back to the messages of their bodies. And I know that all these offerings will support women in doing just that. Now, as one of my mentors says, Sherry Rosenthal, um, she often says that heart-based entrepreneurs have a hard time asking their community for things. And yep, that is totally me. So as I close, I do have a few asks. Number one, please, if you would, go to my website and sign up to my newsletter, mostly just so that I can alert you about, you know, a new podcast episode or when I open up the Wild Women's Way Circles, the Unstructured Movement Classes, or Transformational Wellness Retreats. Obviously, you can unsubscribe at any time. I will not take it personally. It's really just so I can get the information out there. I mean, goodness, though, all of our emails are so clogged these days, but hey, I would love for you to sign up. How often I'm going to email you? maybe once a month because <laughs> emails are really annoying. I mean, let's, let's be real, but I do have to get the information out there. So unless you can like read my mind, this is my only other option. However, you could follow me on social media. I would really appreciate that. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, still in the works and LinkedIn. So it's sick and seeking at sick and seeking S I C K A N D S E E K I N G. I would love for you to follow my social accounts just so I can keep you posted on what I'm up to. Um, also rating and reviewing the sick and seeking podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, this is actually a huge help. It helps my podcast get discovered by more listeners. I do spend a lot of time, a fair bit amount of money <laughs> to produce these episodes, have all the platforms, have all the things I need to, to get, you know, these podcasts up there. So rating and reviewing is actually a really big help to me because I can expand my audience and do all that good stuff. Also, sharing my podcast with friends or people in your network who may enjoy listening would be um, such a gift and honor if you would do that. And if you can bear it to join a Facebook group, I know I sound like such an old person inviting you to join a Facebook group. However, I'm not ready to do like Substack or Patreon or the million other places. But hey, if you're on Facebook and you wouldn't mind coming into one more group, I'd love you to join the Sick and Seeking community. That's the name of the group on Facebook. That's just so I can keep you informed on what I'm doing so we can stay connected. And, you know, if you'd like, even create a little community. Um, I would love to do that, but uh, I just don't know if anyone wants to join. But it's there. It's ready. And if you'd like to join me there, it would be an honor. So podcasting can feel like a lonely pursuit. (laughs) So please do reach out via uh, social channels, or you can email me at leslie at sickandseeking.com. And I'd love to know why you listen. I'd love to know if there's a topic you'd really like to hear about. I really would like to know if there's someone that you think I should check out. I'm currently at this awesome summit, and I'm hoping to reach out to some of those people to invite them to be on the podcast, uh, you know, next season. Otherwise, until September, this is goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to the Sick and Seeking podcast, and I'll see you soon.